You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Didn't you coach Burt Reynolds? Yes, I did. Was he any good? He was a defensive back. I know. Was he any good, I said. 103.9 FM LI News Radio presents The Weekend Crunch with Errol Marks and Josh Silverberg. Hello, Long Island, New York, and around the country. This is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, and my co-host, Little J himself, Joshua Silverberg. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Guys, if you have not downloaded the great World Wide Sports Radio app, all you got to do is go to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, World Wide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 Mr. Silverberg, we had Super Bowl Sunday last week. We had interesting thoughts of what has happened to New York sports all week. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm, I am not going to be Little J tonight, I can assure you of that. <laughs> so There's a certain topic we'll get into in a little bit, but I can assure you one thing. I wish I could see that athlete face-to-face, and I could say a lot to him about his personality and how it would be in New York. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. No, stop, enough, please, (laughs) enough. I'm done with it. I'm done with the garbage. How could you not like I hate it. I hate it. No, I hate it. It's beautiful. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'm loving it. This is a joke. Wait a second. We have snow. It's beautiful. I love summer, man. Love summer. You get to see the beautiful, nice, welcomed winter coats. To no. the nice, friendly It's easy boots. for you to say because you don't have to shovel. Wait a second. I don't have to shovel. I shovel. Right now, I can't with my What do you neck. shovel besides going after you're done on the toilet? Well, what I, do you shovel out well, of there, I, huh? do, I do shovel a lot over there, but I will say one thing. I, okay. I, I, it's going to be more than one thing probably, but go for it. I think when <laughs> you look at the new year and, and all the trials and tribulations we have gone through, over the last year. I love the snow. It kind of brings out the holiday spirit. Obviously, what we had with Christmas and Thanksgiving. No. And now even now, when you when you look at the new year, Valentine's Day. And, and this is the time. This is the winter. This is the best part, in my eyes, for the wintertime. It's, it's nice and cold. You can breathe outside. Nope. You can hang out with your friends with these nice big coats and big boots. And get ready to rumble. In what, the do you go, wait, what am I going to do outside when it's 17 degrees outside? What's wrong what with am, what am, what am Skates. I going to do? Play hockey. Where am I going to play hockey? It's COVID. What do you mean COVID? You, you could go outside. There's there's how many ponds that are frozen that you can skate? I don't have to play hockey. I could go out in my backyard and skate around there and fall on my ass plenty of time. Well, All right? you, I'm ready for the summertime. Wait a second. You have a dog now. You cannot do yes. that. You don't want to put your dog through all that pain and agony watching you skate. I'm it, actually a very good skater. Oh, so. oh look at you. <laughs> yeah, so. I'll be the judge of that, buddy. <laughs> You're not judging me on anything. The last time you judged something, it went very awkwardly wrong. Well, actually, it's me. That's what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm kind of lost with that. Over no, He's I don't judging remember. moms of the year. Oh, well, no, we're not going the... there. It is moms of the year. It, this is the perfect time, but it's not Mother's Day yet. Anyways, 
You probably get hurt better because it's Speedy one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know what Speedy would actually, if he actually went into a store. I've been looking for things that I can buy his mom for the holidays, and he told me I can't do such a thing because you barely know. Really? So, Why? That's that. Come on. Yeah, it's but, a gift. It's a gift. Speedy, I want to give Speedy, him. it's also showing appreciation to you out of respect to your mom and your family yes. because it's showing that you respect the Kluber family. The Kluber That's family, what it's yes. showing. I do. The Clover. No. It's not the Clover. You should be. You should be. What is it? The Clover family. <laughs> it's Clover. Excuse me. It's the Clover. Clover. Hey, you, see, you should be thankful I said Clover. You can for all the names Errol. For, for all the names Errol mispronounces, he doesn't do it with me. So. Well, that's true. Well, well, you know. As you guys know, the weekend crunch is brought to you by KA Acupuncture. Go see Dr. Irene Shamlock at World Renowned Acupuncture located in South Chautauqua, Tacopic, and Queens. She makes it easier to accommodate you. To schedule your first consultation, please call 646-644-9780 or visit the website at www.acuprof.com. KA Acupuncture, the natural way to better your health. Well, 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 let's get into baseball because... Uh, the New York Mets, uh, for the last past, I would say, three weeks, there were a lot of talks that Trevor Bauer was going to the Mets. Thank God. <laughs> and I know a lot of Mets fans were so excited, including this guy right over here, who now all of a sudden is so excited that he is not going to be in New York. Who? Who's excited? You. But No, I didn't want I never oh, wanted Oh, stop. Him. You said that if they got Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I said if they got Trevor Bauer, they'd have a really good rotation. Yeah, the I best said rotation this show, in baseball. Because I don't want you spreading lies on this program. That's <laughs> yes, definitely not did. happening. On this program, I specifically said, and I quote, want nothing to do with this guy. He mm. is trouble. He is a head case. And he's going to get paid. That is going to be egregious. And the contract is going to look stupid. And you know what it does? The contract looks stupid. His opening press conference, he's already fighting with one of the top Dodger beat writers in L.A. He's already fighting with the Athletic. He, I love the guy. He, he screwed he fits perfectly up with the New on, York Mets. on social media because he's a moron. All right, he's so, a little bitch boy. Little right. bitch boy, that's what he is. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> I think Trevor Bauer is a guy that is very overrated. well-rounded. You could say he's overrated. He won a Cy Young last year. And that's yes, great. short season. Well, yes, he didn't play anybody. We call it the Mickey Mouse Cy Young. Well, that's, that's what fine. we nickname it. If it's Mickey Mouse and he's pitching, uh, you know, his ERA is at 173. Give me a break. It's not Let's Mickey Mouse. Let's see how he does in the National League. He's close to <clears throat> under one. I mean, <clears throat> all in all, I think Trevor Bauer, he, he really wanted to be a Dodger. He wanted to go that's home. Fine. He claims that he didn't. And we have a clip. It's so interesting and so intriguing because, to me, this was taking a shot at the New York Mets. Any way you slice it and any way you dice it, it's so funny because the guy that asked this question is MLB Network's Al Leiter, who was an ex-New York Met, ex-New York Yankee, and practically played his whole career in New York. Listen to what Trevor Bauer says to Al Leiter. So if you could take us into the process right at the very end. I know the Mets were in it right to the very end. You agonized over it. You grew up nearby in Santa Clarita, uh, went to UCLA. Wearing that Dodger blue uniform, was that the separator between you signing there and not in New York? Uh, you know, obviously location um, you know, location didn't really have a, uh, an impact on it. It wasn't like I, I really wanted to come home necessarily or not. I was looking for a partnership with an organization. I was looking for a chance to win. I was looking for uh, someone who could help me become a better player, and 
uh, someone who's open to me helping other people uh, if I can. So um, just the, the way the organization handled it the, the entire way through is very respectful of, of um, me and my representation. They're very respectful of the process. They're very open-minded to everything. Uh, and just the, the talent on the field, the talent in the minor leagues, the whole system, the people that are here. <laughs> Hold on a second. That's awesome. I I love Trevor. Why Powell. is it awesome? I when think you it's so funny. Of a team that you don't care about. <laughs> First of all, I don't hate the Mets. Everybody knows me. So then, why do I, you sound like right now a guy because that it's is funny. you're antagonizing a situation? I am not antagonizing. You anything. are. You're an instigator that likes to stir the pot of something that's ridiculous. I'm not stirring any it, part here. And I'm going to tell you this right now: not a pot, not well, a part, not anything. The Los Angeles Dodgers. They better hope and pray. That this guy pitches well, because if he does not, he will take that $45 million option. And the Los Angeles Dodgers could wave goodbye to one of the best players in baseball in Corey Seager. They're going to they're gonna say because... goodbye they're going to say goodbye to him anyways because they're not going to resign him. Let me tell you something. You think this is going to help the situation? It's not. He's a clown. The social. They, I mean, he literally made this decision like he thought he was LeBron James. And it was so funny because John Heyman actually broke the news before his video came out. That's how stupid he is with social media. That's one. Two, he then sends out a ridiculous apology during the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? I'm not crying. I'm happy he's not here. Are you kidding me? I'm thrilled. I didn't want him. Oh, (laughs) I did. I I wanted no part of him. He's trouble, man. If you listen. If you listen to that video and you just hear what he has to say, Al Leiter tried to make it short and sweet and easy to answer, and he really dug in with his answers. It, That's fine, and they're the defending World Series champions. To me, what do you want to say? when you, you think of who he is as a player and what he has done in the league, he's done nothing. Trevor Bauer has done nothing. He's played a couple of games in the playoffs, and uh, he was, to me, one of the best, most dynamic pitchers I've seen in certain aspects of his game. One of the best curveballs in baseball. He was so dynamic, he cut his hand on a uh, drone in the playoffs. That's, That's how smart he is. He's a good, he's a smart dude. No, I guess, you know what? Errol, Nobody said I he guess, is. You know what? I guess you two could hang out together. Uh, maybe we could. I mean, stupid, we'd be good friends. Stupid is as stupid does. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not Forrest Gump. I mean, uh, Trevor Bauer is a guy that I would not hang he's out a, with as far as uh, social media is concerned. Because if I did something stupid, it'd be all over social media. So I wouldn't well, be hanging out. he's done stupid out. things on social media. He's been, I, a, he's I been just known said as a that, racist. Josh. Yeah, he's a racist. Okay. He's a bully. Okay. What and he's admitted have... to it, and he knows he's made mistakes. What has that have anything to do with he just what he it's just said to Al Ryder? Because it's the kind of character guy that he is, is why I didn't want the Mets to sign him, one. And two, he's not worth the money or the headache. Well, he's, he's... not worth – because if he sucks in New York with social media, the media would absolutely – Dismiss. He's already getting into fights with one of the top Dodger beat writers on Twitter. Uh, all right. I, I've I mean, heard enough what from you. you. What are you doing? I've heard enough from you. It's all about what the Mets should have done or could have done or they didn't do. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, maybe they made the right decision. Maybe they didn't. No, if, they did. If Trevor Bauer goes out there this year with that pitching staff and wins 19 games and pitches uh, under three, he pitches in the 250s or 260s, you're is not going to be saying is that. Is that worth the highest average annual value It, it doesn't baseball? matter. It doesn't matter. You put no, in, it does because it you're sending you, a message. It puts you on top of the National League. It doesn't and in matter. One of, an, 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 arguably 
a third starter to that pitching staff. They just gave Bueller he, a two year extension. They, he's going to take that option, and it's going to hinder the Los Angeles. Oh Dodgers. my God. Oh, cry, cry, cry. If you have a what rotation, am I crying about? if you I'm have a rotation, you facts, Jack. Yeah, well, that's that's your facts. All right. Because when yeah. he was going no, to the Mets, that's not my facts. When that's he was going, facts. when he was going to the Mets, Josh, you were all, you were all happy and grand, saying, "Oh, the not. Mets." I said it could be a very good rotation. Oh, at, very good. At, you said at, the best rotation on, in baseball. At, if they offered him thirty million dollars, and I said I would cap it at thirty mil. When I heard that they offered him forty mil. I said, oh, my God, I hope they don't do – Speedy, I texted you. Did I not? And I said, oh, my God, if the Mets give him $40 million, I'll shoot myself. You were so proud of the New York Mets I was, when I was he was going to it. the Mets. Nope, yes, you did. I was so happy he didn't go to – you're first off because that's nonsense. <laughs> that's nonsense. Right? You no, didn't it say is that. Not, no, I did not say – I said the Mets rotation – the Mets rotation is still good. You told Without me. him. All I'm saying is if you look at the big picture with that interview with Al Leiter – it's taking a shot at the New York Mets. It's not even a question. You you hear what he had to say. He wanted to go to an organization that is going to let him be himself. I, he wanted to go to an organization that knows how to win. I mean, every single thing that he said in probably six or seven sentences would tell you that he had no thoughts, no obvious opinion to go and, and decide to go to the New York Mets. I know he said his father and him were talking about uh, making the right choice for him and his family for their future. What future does he have? He can he could go there one year and decide he doesn't want to be there and jump ship for $41 million or $42 million. So it's very interesting when you're looking at Trevor Bauer as a player and maybe just as a personality for the MLB. I don't care if he's arguing with beat writers. I think that definitely sells to writers, newspapers, magazines – who he is as a person. Do I think he would have fit in New York? I told you, I don't think he would. With the press and, and the way they attack people if they're not winning. And, and the Mets, as good as the Mets look like on paper, they've looked good many, many years before on paper and really didn't do nothing. And how many players and how many teams that we've seen the Mets have get attacked by the press? We've seen it many, many times. And the top players always get attacked. And knowing that a guy like Trevor Bauer, who loves to be on social media, loves to speak his mind, it would absolutely cause a lot of problems, not only with the new management and new ownership. It would just absolutely obliviate what the Mets are trying to do as an organization. So was it a good move not signing him on paper? No. But as far as the future, probably. I, I, I don't think it makes any sense why the Mets would have added a crazy person who likes to put his two cents into everything. Or throw his uh, baseballs into the dugouts or out in the um, center field, center field <laughs> or because he's mad at a coach or a manager or whatever he was mad at. Maybe he was just having a, a nervous breakdown or something. But Trevor Bauer is a very intriguing, very interesting He's an idiot. Person. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun to watch him in, in L.A. I really do. I think he's going to get Personally, the I think he also tried to take the easy way out, personally, because he couldn't handle New York. Well, the Dodgers, first of all, the Dodgers won their first championship in almost 20-something That's fine, years. but he also talked a big game when he went to free agency, saying that he wanted to start a certain number of games. He said, I want to start every fourth day. Well, that's not going to happen with the Dodgers. So when you make out statements like he did – and you retract them, that kind of makes you sound like a coward and a clown because it sounds it shows me that in the future when he wants to deal with contracts, 
what team in Major League Baseball is going to want to deal with this guy? It's not going to be me, and it's not going to be the Mets. It's not going to be the Yankees. Thank God. But I will say this. I, I know the Mets are looking for new packages, new blockbuster moves. Mm-hmm. And before we go to break, I will say this. After listening to you guys get so excited that the Mets might be looking to make a move and bring in Matt Chapman They're not getting Matt as Chapman, their no. third baseman and give up a top prospect or two for him, I think it's a big mistake. And for you guys to say he's a top five third baseman in the league, maybe defensively, I disagree with you. Absolutely I, I'm not going to argue this with you because I wasted disagree. all my energy on, on Trevor Loser, so I don't want to waste <laughs> my energy anymore on, on, on that situation. Well, uh, you know, I like you know? the last name, Bauer. Bauer Hockey Sticks, Bauer Ooh. Skates. I love it. Trevor Bauer is one of the most unique athletes. And he's not unique in a good way, in my opinion. Well, that's not true. He's he's, a, he's also a self-centered dude. That's fine. He changed the game. He, and he has changed the game. How did he change the game? What do you do? What, but social he's, media? He's turned into the bad guy, and I like that. I, I like somebody that likes to cause drama. Mm-hmm. It's what makes the sport even more interesting to watch. How many people want to see Trevor Bauer get loose or get killed? Oh, Every, I can't wait. But, I tell you <laughs> what, I can rewatch the Conforto home run against him two years ago over and over again in a loop. Well, that's good for you, but I'm just saying a lot of people are going to go against him. A lot of people are going to want to see him not succeed, and and that's what makes the game so fun to watch is watching a guy go out there and shut people up. So uh, we'll see if he could do that. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into some basketball conversation. It's so interesting when we talk about the – the Brooklyn Nets, being that we're in New York, and it's so unique. When, when you talk about this team, after adding James Harden or James Fadden or whatever the hell we call them, this team is completely changing. I, I think they're becoming a little bit better offensively as a team, but where is the defense? And, and that, to me, is going to scare me going into the playoffs because the game becomes a half-court game, and a lot of teams like to press in the playoffs. What are they going to do when teams start to press them on the perimeter? If they do that, how are they expected to out-rebound some of these teams, especially the bigger teams in the Eastern Conference and even the Western Conference if they get out of the East? It's going to be very intriguing, very interesting to see what they're going to do at the trade deadline as well, adding a big guy or a big man or two, three, four big men, something because they got no bench. When we come back, we'll get into that and the New York Knicks here on the Weekend Crunch. I hope all the Islander fans enjoyed the game tonight. As you guys know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Little J himself, Joshua Silverberg. And our producer, DJ Speedy, a.k.a. Petey Weedy, is working the board, as he always does. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday if the Islander game is not on live. You can listen to us after the game, or before the game, or whenever. (laughs) Every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Scene Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I know you were just talking about... What were you just talking about? So I was talking about my brother and I are planning a trip. Yes, and and they invited Uh, me, by the way. We do a road game every year, my brother and I. Obviously, we couldn't do one last year because of COVID. We want to go September 24th weekend. So September 24th, the Mets play the Brewers in Milwaukee. And I've been to Miller Park, by the way. Miller Park is... If you've never been, you got to go. It's You go there, it doesn't even look like a baseball stadium. It's huge, the place. And 
The next day at Soldier Field, you got Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. And for those that don't know, obviously, I'm a humongous Badgers fan. So, And, and I hate Notre Dame more than anybody. Ask I, him why I, he's I, a Badger I, fan. Next, next to Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan, too. I'm going to just keep adding teams I hate. Um, I hate Notre Dame. They are the most overrated program on the planet. They suck. They get five-star recruits nonstop, and yet they still get clobbered get every year to in the, the playoffs. point. All right. The point is this, and then Sunday we would go back. Hopefully the Packers are home, and we would go to Lambeau mm. to see the Packers play. Mm. And that would be our weekend. It sounds like a good weekend, and I would be the leader, the captain that was invited. And- you will never, ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever be the leader with anything that I do. Oh, well. That's, Except on these shows you. that thank we do you. together. Thank well, you. it's not even. I really appreciate it. You're not the leader. We're both yes. The, the, we're both the co-captains. Yes, we're the co-hat. Co- the the the, the co- uh, I'm, uh, yeah. That that's what I'm talking about. Yes. It's too, and then you're next to the uh, mother lover next to you too. No, so. I'll leave him alone. Anyways, I do want to get into some basketball and the Brooklyn Knicks. I call them the Brooklyn Knicks. Did, you the, know? did the two teams merge together into one? Could you imagine that? I would be. <laughs> that would be very very intriguing and very very interesting. By it would way. be interesting because probably three fifths. I mean, nobody. I, I think they'd be a very dominant team if they can actually band together as one. Who would it be? Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Kevin Durant, James Harding, Kyrie Irving. That would win the finals. Yeah, win the finals. <laughs> and Tom Thibodeau needs to be the head coach. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is the head coach. <laughs> Kyrie Irving will request a trade in a week. Uh, yeah, he probably. Oh, he would. They would never get probably. along. But they would overkill him. You know, you know what's interesting is is they're they're becoming more as a team, and and you see the development of how these guys are playing together. Uh, you, you see Kyrie Irving coming back; his game has gotten better, especially offensively. And you see James Harden. James Harden's really taking a step back. When you look at Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving demands the ball. Kyrie Irving demands the shot, and you see that somebody had to take a step back. And it looks like it's James Harden. As crazy as it may look as a team, and two predominantly ball hog players. You have Kevin Durant that likes to shoot the ball between 27 and 28 times. You have Kyrie Irving that likes to shoot the ball almost 30 times a game. And then you have James Harden for really the last, I would say, five years has been one of the most dominant ball handlers slash ball hogs in the NBA. And now to see James Harden take a step back, yes, he was the sixth man in OKC. It's a different team. It's a different look of what I thought the Brooklyn Nets were going to be. Now, Jordan has played pretty good basketball ever since uh, James Harden has come to the Brooklyn Nets, maybe because it opens up the paint for him. I don't know, but you look at what Jordan has done uh, as a big man. He's an old big man. Uh, This guy was an all-star at one point, very good defensive player. He, he didn't have much of an offensive game. He's one of the worst free throw shooters you've ever seen. But to me, his game has gotten better ever since they added James Harden. Now, I don't know how long that's going to last because he's an older player. And his legs have gone on him. His knees have gone on him over the last couple of years. He's just not the same for, dominant force when he played for the Clippers, when he was the, as good a center in the league as any, any player. He's a great rebounder and a good defender inside. Yes. He's not the same player, but you see his game picking up. The problem with me when I look at the Brooklyn Nets is, one, they don't play defense. This is a terrible defensive team. I think they're ranked 28th or 29th in all of the NBA. You can't win being ranked 28th, 29th. And then you look at who their coaches are. Steve Nash, 
who, let's be honest. Was he's he, not the head coach. He's the head coach. He's and, not the head coach. Well, maybe on paper he is. but He is on not. paper, but it's Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni, does he even know what defense is? That's no. going to be the question. Hence why the the Phoenix Suns had unbelievable teams every year. I mean, they once had a starting five of, I believe it was, Amari Stoudemire, yep. Sean Marion, Steve Nash, mm-hmm. Quentin Richardson, mm-hmm. and Joe Johnson. Mm-hmm. That team should have went to the finals. And every year they lost to the Lakers or the Spurs every year. And there was only one good defensive player, Joe Johnson, on that whole roster. <laughs> uh, well, I also did say way back when, that give it time, this team will start to gel. They will start to click. It seems like Harden has taken a step back, has taken the wing. He's the third wheel, mm-hmm. and he seems to be fine with it. I think he would be the only one that would be fine with it. I, I can't see Kyrie Irving. I mean, I, the guy thinks well, the Durant earth is flat. Durant's number one. I, I love saying because it, it just it it's boggling when you when you think of how stupid and how dumb his remarks have been in the last three years. I always remember as an NBA player that went to Duke University, Duke University, one of the top collegiate schools in all of the country. And this guy actually thought the earth was flat. I mean, just it's yeah, obviously just... didn't go to class. <laughs> Something. Maybe uh, yeah. Coach K uh, got him his A's. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that he did or he didn't, but uh I will say this. It's just crazy. But I will say that this Brooklyn Net team, they're only going to get better as the weeks go by. This is a very talented team. You have three. No, I think they'll get to the finals. Yeah, they're three dominant players. As long as they stay healthy, who in the East is going to be able to compete with these two guys, these two or three guys? On paper, their bench is terrible. You have Harris coming off the bench or starting. You have... No, he's starting Harris. No, no, I'm just saying. You might see him in the playoffs come off the bench because he's going to add guaranteed points, and that's what you need. He guaranteed well, points coming off the too. bench. So they don't have any of those guys, and that's a huge problem. You traded away Karis LeVert. You traded away Allen. You have no future. So you have to win now. This is a win-now time for the Brooklyn Nets, and you see it. You, you see that this team is just going to pick up. It's only going to get better. And look at D'Antoni. D'Antoni's loving this. You you know why? Because he's never had so much talent on one team uh, with three, these three players. He has never coached three players this dominant. You could go and look at all those great Phoenix Suns teams, even the New York Knicks. Well, let's not talk about the New York well, Knicks. Hey, relax there. Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks never had that. But even with the Rockets, with uh, he's had Chris Paul, he has James Harden, then he had Russell Westbrook and James Harden. He didn't have the talent like he has right here. To me, this team can compete for a championship. There's no question that they can. Are they going to win a championship? Not the way this team is built right now. They have no defense whatsoever. They have no size whatsoever. To me, what will bother me in the the playoffs is you're going to play teams, big teams, strong teams like the 76ers. And I, it's crazy to say this. The 76ers could actually play a half-court game and compete with the Brooklyn Nets in a seven-game series. The way they've played so far this year, Doc Rivers has them playing defense. I think that if you look at the big picture right now, Josh, I don't know in a seven-game series, especially against a bigger, stronger, and more rebounded type of built team, is this net team actually going to be surprised to get knocked out of the playoffs? That's funny. As I was thinking about this the other day, I said, who in the Eastern Conference can compete with Brooklyn? I thought of Philly as one with Embiid on the inside. Because I, you know Embiid. You know, I compare it to the Knicks. They were the two seed in the East a couple years ago. And you saw they got exposed against the Indiana Pacers. Because other than Tyson Chandler, they had no inside scoring. And Roy Hibbert and those guys just bullied the Knicks. 
I think Philly is a team you look at. If Miami could put it together, it seems like Jimmy Butler is kind of playing better. But Miami's the team that would scare me because Adab- Bam Adebayo is a guy that could really control the series, in my opinion, because he's excellent on the interior, but he's got a really good shot, too. Other than that, I really don't know. I think Boston has completely not lived up to what they should be. Well, I, think Walker, Indi- Kemba, I don't know what Indiana is. I don't know. Kemba Walker is coming back injured. That's why. And, yeah, but are they really? Can they? Do you yes. really think they can beat the Nets in a seven game yes, series? Yes, I do. I think they're a very good defensive team. They're very well coached, and they have the offense on the perimeter. That they what about the Knicks? Win. No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're I'm speaking kidding. of the Knicks. The Knicks added a very good point guard who's been a part of this organization before, and that's Derrick Rose. Yeah. I think this was a great trade for the New York Knicks. It was a no brainer. Dennis Smith Jr. in a second round draft pick to land arguably. Uh, still a top, I would say a top 10 uh, point guard in the league. I would say uh, he's I don't know a top 10. I, uh, a guy guard, that's averaging know. 22 minutes this season. Averaging he's not, 14 he's points. not even going to start, though, until they get rid of Payton. And also, by the way, they cannot have him and Quickly on the floor together because they both need the ball in their hands. I actually think Quickly is not as good off the ball. I, I, I don't. I, I think he needs the ball in his hands quickly. That's why you saw it with them the other day. That was their first game together, but Quickly and Rose cannot be together. I, I will say this. Looking at Rose's numbers right now, 22 minutes, 14 points. His field goal percentage at 42%, which is really, really good. 33.3 point shooter. He's not a three-point shooter. And, and he's averaging about four assists. Was he ever really one, though? He was a decent – at one point, I think, uh, with I mean, Chicago, his MVP year, he was – he he noticed he goes to the – 37. He, goes, he, go, he drives to the rim a lot. 37%, I think, it was his highest at one he point. He drives to the rim a lot. That's what he does. He does crossovers and drives to the rim a lot. To me, he's so explosive. And I think he's going to open up the field for the New York Knicks. Everybody was complaining that the Knicks didn't have a point guard. They have a point guard now. And then they lose Mitchell Robinson, so it's like, ugh. Well, this is going to hurt. And that's that's the crazy thing. That's going to hurt their interior. Last night, they lost Mitchell Robinson to a broken hand. It'll be about for a month. Yeah, maybe even longer than that. Yeah, it and could be. Obviously, he's going to move out of his spot. Because this is what happened happens in the rotation with Thibodeau's rotation. When one guy falls down, another guy moves up into position. If they're actually playing well, he loses his spot. Look at Obi Toppin. He got hurt in the beginning of the season. He was playing good basketball. And he lost his spot. He lost his spot, and now he's he's coming off the bench, and he's playing 12 minutes a game. When Go he look was at Austin playing. Rivers, even. Yeah. Austin Rivers lost his spot. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. He, was, he had a good first few games. Struggled the next two. He's lost. He's completely now nailed to the bench. Well, we didn't think that he was going to have a starting job. Come on. No, no. I tell you one. One guy I'm a I'm a big fan of. Emmanuel and, quickly uh, is the guy that I. Oh, I know you are. Yeah. Another underrated guy that nobody is talking about. Alec Burks. Alec Burks he's is a good, really. He's a good shooter. He's been really good. He's a good shooter, but he plays very good defense too. To me, he's one of the very few guys on this Nick team that when he gets the balls and when he gets the ball in his hands. I always find it that it's going to be an automatic shot. He's one of the very few on this team because, look, this team struggles to score, but he's one of the few guys that I trust when he has the ball in his hands. And he needs to be out there also more when they're down by one or two. He needs to be on the court more on that last second possession. They have to let Emmanuel quickly develop. They really yes, do. Yes, of course. And, and, and this is a kid that is averaging 12 points a game with 19 minutes. Uh, he's still, to me, if you look at the potential of what this kid could be, this guy – 
in three or four years could average about between 20 and 24 points a game. He can give you that much. If, if he starts, he could come off the bench and be a six-man who could give you about 20 points per game. He could be a star in this league. I mean, By the way, ever since we said Dallas was going to get was, yeah. was bad, I'll say they won three straight games now. So it's what? Like... They won three games. That doesn't mean anything. They're yeah, in an I easy know, part of their schedule know. right now. They're playing very easy teams, teams they can compete against. So... Anyways, but I think the Knicks could absolutely have a gem here with Emmanuel quickly. I think they need to let this kid develop. Don't push him too much and, and let the kid figure things out. I, I, I do want to see more Obi Toppin, and maybe now that Mitchell Robinson is out for a couple of weeks, we get the opportunity to see the kid. Maybe they play a little bit smaller and see a high-flying kid develop what we expect him to be, and I, I'm hoping that does happen. That's what I said to you, though. I said with Thibodeau. I said the problem with him is he overplays guys. He'll grind them to the ground, and that's what you hope he doesn't do with Quickly and some of these guys. I think Quickly will be fun. He's young. He's a 19-year-old kid. He's young. He, he's definitely no, no, I agree has a you. lot of saying, time left. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I'm just saying he does tend to yes. grind guys to the ground. So he you did just, it with you Chicago, sure. and he, you saw it with the Timberwolves when they, when they yeah. added Jimmy Butler. Oh, dude, he drove Butler and Towns to the ground mm-hmm. with Minnesota, man. Well, that's what he does. He plays his best players. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get into the Super Bowl. I know everybody was waiting for us to get into it. This is a whole football segment. I did say that if Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl, I can argue that he is the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not going to say that he is, but you look at Joe Montana. and you I wrote an at, article about it. And, and you look at somebody like Tom Brady. You can compare and contrast both players. One guy that's won seven, the other one that's won four. One guy that's never lost in a Super Bowl, another that lost three games in the Super Bowl, two games against the New York football Blue Giants. Seriously, you look at what Tom Brady is and what he has changed and really what he has surpassed as a superstar player. We will get into that when we come back here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua Silverberg. On the board, as you guys know, Tidy Whitey Man himself, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine of the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Guys, download the Worldwide Sports Radio app. All you have to do is go to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, well, well. I had the opportunity yesterday to watch old hockey clips on YouTube. You had a lot of time on your hands. Well, I know I don't. That's the problem. And I'm saying that's the thing. You had a lot, barely do. You had a lot of time on your hands to do this yesterday. Yes. Watch it. So I actually popped on YouTube, and I, I love watching old hockey clips. I never really looked in depth how great Wayne Gretzky really was. His first five years as an NHL player, fantastic. I don't think we'll ever see a player have five seasons like that ever. You know what you could do on YouTube? You could watch full Mm-hmm. MLB, NHL, yeah. and NFL, NBA games. Old, old games yep. on there. You could watch all of them in full. That's awesome. I think. Especially when when we had the pandemic in like April. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. Because I was home teaching, and then I was done at like 2 o'clock. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now what am I going to do? You know, he, I did this. He's, he's fantastic. That just tells you why they called him the great one. And that's why we're going to get into another great athlete. 
that really transitioned the game of football, and that's Tom Brady. I know a lot of people, especially here being in New York, Tom Brady, who won not one, not two, but seven Super Bowl championships, completely dominated the Super Bowl. And, and I will say this, three touchdowns, 201 yards. He didn't have one of those crazy, unbelievable games like he did against the Eagles and, and lose a game, lose a close game. But he had a game where you just watched complete dominance. And you, you look at Tampa Bay and what the Buccaneers did defensively. I told you Shaq Barrett and JPP are going to cause a lot of problems up in the front seven. And then, obviously, Devin White and that defense, that secondary, who's really gotten better and better and better as the season has gotten longer. And, and really what they did in the playoffs, uh, Davis, what he did against the Green Bay Packers and the Saints, defensively, a young corner uh, class that they have right now. This is a team that has a tremendous amount of talent. And moving into the offseason, it's going to be very, very interesting that who they're going to keep. Are they going to be able to keep Shaq Barrett? Or are they going to be able to franchise him? Is it worth franchising? But nevertheless... They would franchise Chris Godwin, I would think. They probably will. But you look at what this team did against the Kansas City Chief team. Yes, they didn't have the front offensive line help that they expected. They lost their right tackle. They lost their their left tackle uh, to an Achilles tear. But this is a team that still was highly profiled. They had Hill. They shut down in the open field. You did not see anything from... What we've seen all Tyreek Hill has done, I, I've watched his YouTube vlog. Special, his special on uh, YouTube. Yeah, his vlog, and he's a very interesting guy, but they shut him down. They also shut down Travis Kelsey in the first half of the game. Finally started catching the ball a little too late at the end of the game. So Mahomes receivers let him down big time. Mahomes played. Made some ridiculous plays. Pretty good for what he had. He did run the ball behind the line of scrimmage about 500 yards. He wasn't running forward. He was running backwards. And we've like seen the general offensive line from last We've year. seen Patrick Mahomes do this in the regular season. And that's not good. And, it, and you saw, when you saw him doing that, the game that he did that, he lost. He cannot win games if he's not moving forward. And he tried to make more things happen when he didn't have anything to throw at. And also... I look at the referees and what the NFL is trying to provide for the fans. In the first half of the game was absolutely despicable. It really was. To do what they did and really cost the Kansas City Chiefs in a game. Even if they were going to lose, it could have been closer. And I blame the referees for that game. The penalty calls. Look at the game against the Green Bay Packers. How many holding calls that should have been? There was nothing called against the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The holding calls. Tampa was holding Green Bay the whole game. No calls. And that's why Tampa was going to the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, in the first half of the game, there were like six, seven penalties on Kansas City. Devin White was holding people. I'm not going to say that's the reason why Tampa won, because it's not. Tampa would have won the game anyways. But I wanted to see a closer game. I blame the referees, and I blame the coach of Andy Reid. Andy Reid, I don't know what's going on in, in the second half of the game. Eric Bieniemy, I can understand why teams weren't interested in bringing him in as a coach. As good as he is on paper or what he has done in a regular season, Eric Bieniemy has not interviewed for a job that sold these owners or GMs that he could get the position and, and actually be great, a great coach for that organization. He eventually will get the opportunity, but his play calling and his transition for what he saw in the first half was terrible. And I told you this from the beginning. Steve Spagnola is an absolute joke. Got outclassed by a better coach in Bruce Arians. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
What did you think about the Super Bowl, Joshua? There's a lot to take in. I mean, for starters, the receivers let down Mahomes a ton. I mean, it looked like there were glitches in Madden at times watching this game with the way he was making these throws, and they were just dropping the ball as well. But, I mean, you know, you're talking about Andy Reid with his son, with Brett this past week. And, by the way, we're hoping the best for the, for the five-year-old Absolutely. girl. That was, in the, that, was in the, that was in the crash. And I think that really – that was on a lot of this team's – I'm not making excuses, and they never will make excuses, but I think that was on Andy's mind a ton and I think that took away from the game for sure I don't think his head was all there I mean you're talking two days three days before the Super Bowl he finds out his son is in a massive car crash look a Tom Brady had a better throw on the boat throwing a Lombardi trophy drunk than Adam Gase ever called a play for the New York Jets what does that tell you I mean that just tells you a lot right there it tells you that Tom Brady was having a lot of fun it tells you that. It tells you Adam Gay sucks. So that's one. <laughs> but you know what? I wrote, like I said, I wrote an article about it. You can check it out on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app. And I was with Arrow, too. I didn't want to argue it. But look, it's time to argue it. Seven Super Bowls. It's ridiculous. And you know what? We talk about, oh, Tom Brady just fits the system of New England. He fits. The... Tom Brady is the system. There's no New England system. Tom Brady is the system. Regardless. And kudos to Byron Leftwich for calling a great game. And kudos to, to Todd Bowles. Hold on. Hold Great on. game. Hold Todd on. Bowles, who, by the way, Byron, after, Byron will be, don't the, will do be not... the next head coach. Hold on. Will be the next head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians walks away in the next year. Byron Leftwich, okay. I, I don't know why anybody's blowing up Byron Leftwich. He wasn't making the play calls. Tom Brady was. And to he me. Yeah, a big part of it. Brady said he was a massive yeah, part of it. Of course Brady says that. Brady doesn't so, want to throw himself so, under the bus. Oh, wait, hold on. So, hold on. So, it's just Josh. So, Josh McDaniels doesn't get anything either now. No. He, he did New England. No, I, I do. I, I, I do believe it was the Patriots offense that they ran. Stop. In, There's no system. Tom it Brady's is, the system. It, it is a system. It, it absolutely system. is. It showed this year New England doesn't have a Hold system. Hold on one second. Tom Brady is Hold the on one second. Of, of everything. Before anything happened, Bruce Arians, you are Bruce Arians and Tom Brady fighting. I picked Tampa, by the way. Just saying. Bruce I Arians. I won the picks of the year. Yes, Good for you. And what does that mean? And I pay, I told you what was going to happen if they did win. You didn't. I'm just saying. I called what it. What do you mean? I said I said it. What do you it. mean? I picked I said it. Win. Yeah, you picked Tampa to win. I mean, I picked Tampa. Yeah, and you, I, I, I told you what was going to happen because they were going to win. You didn't. You, then why you did just you pick the Chiefs them. then? What? I picked the Chiefs because no, I picked the Chiefs. No, I picked Tampa too why they would win. I said why, why Tampa would win too. Why Go would they win? watch the show last week. For starters, they have enough playmakers on the team. Tom Brady had a really good game. He was clutching the, in his performance. And the offensive line was a train wreck for Kansas City. Give the defense credit to Tampa. But as it, without Tom Brady in that game, they don't score 31 points, do they? Yes, they will. Hold That's on. the same Chiefs team that stopped a good Buffalo offense. That is not the same Chiefs team. They didn't have the offensive line going That's, into the I'm Super Bowl. I'm saying the defense. No the, the deep, no, the defense stopped. You can make the case the hottest duo in the NFL in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They stopped him. And Tom Brady said, and you look, Tom Brady said, I'm not going to let this defense beat me. Because Buffalo only had one guy. Everything that happened in the game was the offensive line. If they actually had their left tackle and right tackle, it would have been a closer game. Oh, I don't listen, know. I, I believe it would have been. And, and, Absolutely. And, and, but and I still went to Tampa. I, I always said, win. You don't. I always win. <laughs> you always lose. And you always need I don't to... because the record showed this year that I always win. Really? You, the record showed that you always win. Okay. It's in the record books yeah. on the weekend. Well, good, good for you. Good Arrow Marks lost for you. to his co-host. Nice. He's a... L7 Weenie. Yeah. You talk too much. Mute this kid. Jeez. Anyways, uh, I will say what I saw in the Super Bowl is 
Tom Brady deserved the win. Everything that Tampa did in the game, they, they took over the game defensively. They took over the game offensively. Tom Brady made efficient throws. They weren't anything special. This is why. It's, it's killing and, and, and No, this. it's not. No, it's it not. Is. Because the system changed back to the Patriot oh, system, oh, system after the whole Bruce Arians, Tom Brady situation. Uh, last three games of the season, and everybody heard that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians wasn't getting along. If you watch the offense in the beginning of the season and see the offense at the end of the season, it moved to the Patriot offense. That game, that Super Bowl game, was the Patriots offense. It was Bill Belichick's offense Tom being Brady run. Tom Brady is the system. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. It was the, I'm letting you it was know the same Tom system. Brady is the system. Yeah, you are an idiot. That's what you are. <laughs> That's what you are. He's oh, never insulted me on the air before, by no. the way. I just, I have completely lost all my respect for what you were saying. So there That's you go. That's fine. I had no respect for what you said the moment we came on the show. <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Anyways. We have fun here. We have fun. Yeah. Anyways, I, I will say this. It was a fun Super Bowl uh, no, for the wasn't. Tampa fans, as you saw, a streaker run on the field, acting like a complete <laughs> pansy. <laughs> and really, what we saw at the Super Bowl uh, for the halftime show, the weekend was fabulous. I thought he put on a great show. Yes, All the did. fans, everybody that were taking shots at what the weekend did at the halftime show, the 15 minutes uh, of dancing and going on the top of the roof to the to a stage that was gliding in the air. To dancing on the field was fantastic. Can I ask a question, seriously, mm-hmm. really quick? No, I'm serious, because you're in, you're more into the music stuff than I am. Did it look like what the dancers were wearing? Did they look like they were wearing jock straps on their head? Um, to be they, honest, I just went my because my wife uh, saw it and she literally said that are they wearing are they wearing cups on their head? I think they were wearing like oh, wraps, right. wraps like they were no, bleeding. No, it was the mask, but it was like they were wearing the face shields, but then they had the. It, it looked look like I look like underwear. It looked like Speedy when he's uh, born on a Saturday. Maybe you know? I don't know, but I was born on a Wednesday, Josh. But okay. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the halftime show. I thought he put on a great show. The commercials were terrible. They always are. They're just terrible. I don't know what's going on with the NFL. People spent two to three million dollars to put their. The Paramount the one on was there? good, I mean, The Paramount one was good. It was good, all right. It's nothing. Come on, the Beavis and Butthead was funny. I love Beavis That was good. <laughs> I didn't like it. I, I thought look, it was I very... Mean, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a... Literally on my screen, I'm looking at a copy... A copy uh, the only commercial I liked was the Jason Alexander. Yeah, that, that was, was funny. That was the funny one. That was probably the best one out of all yeah. of them. But all in all, the Super Bowl really didn't cut it the way we thought it was going to. But Tom Brady wins his seventh championship. Uh, Tampa rides off into the sunset. Tom Brady getting drunk at his uh, that parade. Funny. That was funny. Uh, he deserves That's it. That's the real Tom Brady. That's yeah, well, the real Tom Brady. I don't know if it's real Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady knows this might be the last time he's going to the Super Bowl. So he wanted to enjoy it with his team. I, I think he deserves it. I mean, Why would it be his last time, though? Why can't they get back there again? Uh, they're not getting You know how hard it is to get back there? Of course it is. But it's well, not, look it, at Kansas City did. Kansas City's in the AFC. The yeah, is, the AFC's better than the AFC. No, it's not. It's well, top closer than it used to, but there's still more parity. Yeah, I guess you can, now you can make the case. I guess with Green Bay, Tampa, New Orleans, yeah, I guess. Mostly all the uh, NFC West. I don't think it's going to happen again. I think that Tom Brady knew. And you heard what Tom Brady did before the game, an hour or two hours before people were showing up that he was on the field and he was looking around on the field. I think Tom Brady knows he's on his way out. And, well, wait until the 49ers get to Sean Watson. And he wants and to enjoy it. Run it. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, 
Uh, I do want to get into more football, the offseason. There was uh, a pro day that happened yesterday, and it's so very interesting with Urban Meyer sitting and standing around watching Trevor Lawrence throw the ball. Trevor Lawrence, who is predominantly going to be the number one pick coming up in this year's 2021 draft. Everybody is talking about how this guy is the next Andrew Luck, the next big superstar in the league, the next Peyton Manning. Well, he had an unbelievable pro day. Usually, they have their pro day seven or eight weeks from now. He had it yesterday because of having shoulder surgery with his non-throwing arm. And Urban Meyer wanted to see him on the field. So yesterday, he was throwing the ball and surprised a lot of people. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence and the offseason. Deshaun Watson, where does he go? We will get into it when we come back here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Killers. No. This is the Weekend Crunch, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. I will say this, and I say a lot of things because this show is all about talking and all about arguing. As everybody knows, we debate, we argue sports, and we conversate about what is going on in New York sports. And there's so much going on in football. Being that the season is now over, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now world champions, and we can move on to 2021-2022, the draft. Everybody talks about this kid, Trevor Lawrence, and how great of a player, a generational type of player this kid is going to be in the NFL. We talk about Andrew Luck and and, and Peyton Manning and some of the great quarterbacks that have come out of college and, and really were the front guys, the guys that we expect to be superstar players when they walk into the NFL. This is the type of guy. And and some people say he might even be a better prospect than Andrew Luck. But Trevor Lawrence, who everybody knows is going to have shoulder surgery in the next couple of days, the next week or so, Trevor Lawrence was asked by Urban Meyer and the Jaguars to have a pro day before he has his surgery because there's really no combine this year. Uh, because of COVID-19. And now all these players are going to have their pro days. It's so unique now this offseason because there's going to be a completely different presentation to some of the scouts and and some of these uh, future NFL players. But Trevor Lawrence was fantastic the other day, throwing the ball. He was throwing to practically four wide receivers, one that he knows, Powell, and the rest he has no idea. He's never played. He's never thrown the ball to except at at this pro day, and he was fantastic. He missed like two or three throws, and you watched Urban Meyer stand right behind him in the end zone, throw probably his best pass of the day, a 60-yard throw that was over the shoulder was fantastic. This kid has all the intangibles, all the ability to be a superstar player. Now, we have seen, we've said that about a lot of quarterbacks. Remember when Sam Darnold got drafted three, four years ago? It was almost a sure thing that that kid should have been the number one pick. And some people thought a generational type of talent. Well, since he's been with the New York Jets, he has turned into nothing. Maybe because of the coaching. Todd Bowles, who won a Super Bowl this year as a defensive coordinator. Or the great googly-eyed man in Adam Gase, who was supposed to be a quarterback guru, an offensive-minded guy. Everything that we've seen Sam Darnold last couple of years has really turned my head on where I think 
a future quarterback or a franchise quarterback is or is coming from. So going into this offseason, there's a lot of teams trying to make moves for a quarterback. We saw Matthew Stafford get traded to the Rams and for Jared Goff in two first rounds and a third. You look at Matthew Stafford being that he's 33 years old, a veteran quarterback. Maybe this can transition the Rams into a championship competitive team. Who knows? And how about the the rumors coming out that Deshaun Watson wants out from the Texans? Stories coming out that he only wants to go to two teams, the 49ers and obviously the Broncos. And then you're talking about Russell Wilson with the whole back-and-forth banter with the organization that they're not protecting him right. They're not adding offensive line help, and that was the reason why they didn't go far into the playoffs and maybe could have been Super Bowl champions this year. So Russell Wilson might want out. This is a new year. Drew Brees retiring, a new age of quarterbacks, and we're looking for that next breed of quarterbacks. Or we're looking for these veteran quarterbacks to take over for the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, and the Drew Brees's. So... Josh, I look at this offseason. This is going to be a big offseason for teams like the Jets, teams that have a lot of money. The Jaguars are going to be a team to be reckoned with this offseason because they have the money, they have the number one pick, and a, a, a load of draft stock. Where do you see this season and this offseason going for some of these teams in these organizations? Well, you mentioned some names. I mean, you mentioned the Matt Stafford stuff, which we did hear the reports come out that the eighth overall pick was offered to the Lions with Carolina, which... I'm still trying to wrap my head around why the Lions just didn't do that. But, I mean, it is what it is. Carson Wentz is another guy we haven't even mentioned that is a guy that he's in trade rumors. Um, You're hearing Sam Darnold could possibly be packaged with the 23rd pick overall with, of Seattle's to go to the 49ers for the 12th overall pick and a second-round pick. I mean, you're hearing so many different things. And then you go to the draft. Any other year, you know, people are saying that, you know, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields could have possibly even been the number one quarterback taken in the draft. Last year, over Joe Burrow, people have said, scouts have talked about. It's a whirlwind of quarterback, obviously. It's almost like, and then you hear even Aaron Rodgers, the stuff with that. Although I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. It's like musical chairs of quarterbacks this year, and it's way more than normal. And I think certain teams need to take advantage of that. I think the Eagles need to take advantage of it with, with Wentz. I think the Jets need to take advantage of it with Darnold. Russell Wilson is the most fascinating one to me because I don't even know if he has a no-trade clause. No, he so doesn't. That, he doesn't. So that could, they could trade him anywhere. Like, if Seattle wanted to trade Wilson to the Jets, I know people are going to say, oh, you're only bringing up the Jets because you're a Jet fan. No, I'm bringing up the Jets because they have, in other terms, the sexiest pick in the, in, in the draft after the Jaguars pick, right? That's where everybody is saying, oh, that's where the draft really starts. The Jets could call Seattle and say, hey, we'll give you the number two pick and something else and another pick for Russell Wilson. Wouldn't it be ironic if the Jets traded with the Seahawks again? And they just got their two first-round draft picks for the next two years. They trade one of their one of their picks or two of their picks for the next two years to get Russell Wilson. Wouldn't that be ironic? That would, really would be. It would be fascinating. And I tell you this: I, I don't think that twenty-third pick would be in play. Obviously, the second pick, overall pick would be in play because the thing is, if you're the Seahawks and you're listening to and you're reading the stuff with Wilson, that number two pick is enticing because they could draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields with that number two pick and try to replace Russell Wilson, which is very hard to do. The only thing is, though, when you look at it, you know, people will laugh when I make this comment. And it's a matter of I think if Russell Wilson goes to the Jets, I think that trans that that changes the whole game of the AFC. That's how good Russell Wilson is. Because look at what he's done with a very mediocre 
I don't even say it to some extent, an overrated Seattle Seahawks team. He makes players around him good, and that's what makes great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers does it. Certain quarterbacks could make, no matter who the targets are, can create those receivers. People thought DK Metcalf would be good, but did anybody think top 10 receiver to this point in his career already? If you're Seattle, you have to think to yourself instantly, well, we've dealt with Joe Douglas before. Why don't we call him and maybe he'll offer us the second overall pick for Russell Wilson and, and we'll trade him another pick or another two picks. And that would change the landscape of the AFC, in my opinion, because that's I, how good I, Russell Wilson is. I don't think the Jets are going to trade that second pick. No, I, I don't either. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to the Jets. Everything that we've heard, Deshaun Watson has no interest in going to the Jets. It, there's only two teams that he's more than likely willing to waive his no-trade clause to go to, and that's the 49ers. And then, and we've now heard only another team that has squeaked out, which is the Broncos. Who would have thought the Denver Broncos? Very random. It's crazy. And maybe it's not John Elway because John Elway is really, he's really has no part of the team anymore. I think he's the, the president, but he, he, he stepped aside. Yeah, he stepped aside. So it's, it's not John Elway anymore. Like Peyton Manning, he decided to go because of John Elway. So it, to me, it's crazy. And and if they do go after Deshaun Watson, what do they do with Drew Locke? As well as he's played in the last two years, uh, coming back, he's looked worse than he did last year. He came back from his injury. He hasn't looked as good as he did the year before where everybody thought in the last two or three games of the season, wow, they got something. So it's so funny how this has become the year of the quarterback, the year of the quarterback switcheroo. That's what I call it because uh, it's musical chairs. Yeah, it's it's been musical chairs for the NFL, and I, I've never seen something like this before. You you talk about how how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. It's the number one most important position. There's only really five franchise quarterbacks in the league, and you saw the tears. I I saw it on Facebook. Somebody set up the tears and how he he provides the tears to the fans. And Lamar Jackson's a second-tier player. He's not a first-tier player. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. I, there was, I think there were five-tier, five quarterbacks, and Tom Brady was up there too, obviously, mm-hmm. but because he, he won a Super Bowl and he was, like, ranked sixth. In all and then Aaron Rodgers, probably. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Those were the five. Mm-hmm. To me, you look at where the NFL is going now, it, it, it's become a mobile type of quarterback position, and the pocket quarterback is becoming obsolete. You, you look at Matthew Stafford, he might be one of very few quarterbacks that are left besides Tom Brady that are really pocket-present quarterbacks. It's a different game now. It's a different transition of football for the new age fan. And, and now uh, you look at the draft, and I, I was telling you this, Josh, when we were coming back from break, this draft is going to have a cluster of great players in the later rounds that we didn't get a chance to see all season long because of COVID-19 and because some of these uh, divisions didn't have a season. So now you have guys like Joe Douglas that are a mastermind mm-hmm. scout that could go out there and pick players that you can get in the third and fourth round that were first-round talents. So this is going to be a very interesting draft and very transitioning for, for the NFL. As, and I use that word a lot because the NFL is transitioning. It really is. And because of COVID-19, in all sports – Everything is going to change, and now you're seeing it with the NFL. So it's going to be a very fun offseason for all the free agents that are going to be available with the Allen Robinsons of the world, the Toonies. There's so many good players this year from last year that wasn't so 
compacted with great players that were going to be available. This year, there's a lot of different players from the offensive line to the defensive line to the wide receiver position and even running back positions, the Aaron Joneses of the world. So there are a lot of good players that are going to be available this offseason. I think this can change the landscape of the NFL next year uh, because of free agents in the draft. So, Josh, it's going to be a great, great offseason for the NFL. I mean, look, I, I've been saying it all along. The teams like the Jaguars and the Jets, they prepared for this because they knew COVID was going to make these teams cap-strapped. And the Jets are so prepared for it. The Jaguars are very prepared for it. You've watched football longer than I have. You've never seen anything like this before. And it's crazy to think about because when you see everything, and it's also going to the draft. And I said it before, you know, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields in any other year would have been the number one picks in this draft. And that's why some of these, you know, you're seeing some of these draft picks are so enticing to some of these teams. And it's crazy to think about. I've ne- I've never seen it before. You're going to see a lot of different quarter, a lot of quarterbacks on different teams now. It's going to be weird. I'm hearing Carson, you know, you hear Carson Wentz to the Bears, possibly. You're enticing Russell Wilson to the Jets, even. You're hearing, like I said, Deshaun Watson as he go to the 49ers or the Broncos. Who knows? This will change everything. For sure. Franchise quarterbacks and non-franchise quarterbacks, it doesn't matter what position you are as a quarterback in the league. It's going to be an interesting offseason wherever these quarterbacks go or if there's a, a transition of power from each division in the NFL. It's going to be fun, fun offseason. And as a Jet fan, I'm very excited to see what the Jets are going to do moving forward for the organization, for the best of this organization. Joe Douglas, it's on his lap. It's in his lap. So let's see the transition of this team to be a Super Bowl contender for the next five years. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to happen. When we come back, Speedy, when we come back, what do we got? The Beat Wars. Here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Little J himself, Joshua Silverberg. Our producer, DJ Speedy, a.k.a. the Tidy Whitey Man himself. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. And remember, if the Islander game is live like it was tonight, we are right after the game, which is usually around 10, 1030 depending the press conference and all that stuff. But shout out to 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Download our app, the Worldwide Sports Radio app, which is iOS, the Apple, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, we do this every single week, but before we get into that, uh, I see that you have a wonderful dog, and I know you love your dog, and during the break... Your dog is uh, sleeping. And, and by the way, you adopted a one-year-old dog that uh, is a cute little thing. Um, yes. Not, actually, it's a pretty big thing. And I see you have her in your hands. And, uh, yeah, she's a, bo- she's a boxer Carolina mix of, uh, named Millie. From, she was from South Carolina. They rescued her from a kill shelter. I don't know how anybody could ever do any harm to her in the first place. I think it's grotesque and disgusting. Hmm. Obviously, we're on the radio, but you look at this face. I know you two see it. I mean, what harm you could do to this or any animal for that matter is disgusting. The only animal my face. The only animal I want to beat up is you. That's it. Yeah. Well, come over. I'll have her. Uh, I'm just kidding. 
know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want to hurt no. anybody. But, but it, it is crazy, though. She's a boxer. And you hear, all I did was hear stories about how boxers could be loud mm. and stubborn. And, yeah. and she's the total opposite. Well, I'm happy that you have a new family member in your family, yeah. your house. She's great, man. Thank you. Yep. Your new baby. Your new yeah. uh, rise and shine baby girl. That's Millie. one, and then there's going to be future little ones sooner than we think. Oh, I, I do. I, I don't want to hear about uh, you popping out babies, okay? I, well, I it's going to happen sooner than later, Pally. Look at this guy. This guy is trying to get one and then get the other. I, I don't know. He's already talking about a second. He doesn't even have his first. Anyways, uh, we do this every single week. What do we call this? Debate Wars. All right, here we go, Speedy. All right, so we made a big deal about uh, teams that winning the Super Bowl. We start debate wars with the greatest player to never win a Super Bowl. I think it's Tony Gonzalez. I I, I know Dan Marino. Dan Marino was in a Super Bowl. Uh, Tony Gonzalez never played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. You could argue the greatest tight end of all time. Statistically, he's the greatest tight end to ever play the game. And I, I just think his ability on the field, not only he played for only two teams. He played for Kansas City and Atlanta. That's the only two teams he's ever played yeah. for. Uh, he was a fantastic athlete, played college basketball, and then went to play, uh, obviously, in the NFL, who where he was so successful all those years with Kansas City. I- I'm going to say it was Tony Gonzalez. I- a lot of people will say Dan Marino, but Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl. Tony Gonzalez never even played in a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, for for the greatest to never win a Super Bowl, Dan Marino. He's our, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The problem is he ran to a lot of who did he lose to in the Super Bowl? It was San Francisco. Washington, San Francisco, San Francisco. So he lost to the Forty Nine ers. So you see, there's that. It's just so you know. You look at Dan Marino's numbers. The statistics speak for itself. And in that matter, it's amazing he never even won one. It's amazing he only I think only got to one, which is incredible in itself. So I'll go Dan Marino, even though it's the easy one. It is. I would have said LaDamian Tomlinson, but Marino for me is the guy. Definitely a lot of good choices. I was also thinking Larry, so, Larry even Fitzgerald, Peter, too. Larry Fitzgerald, too. Larry Fitzgerald, Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson. You could say a lot of guys. And Barry even Sanders. On, even on D- Barry, Barry Sanders. Sanders. Barry Sanders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems like an obvious one, too. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but Fumble Man himself. Uh, okay. God, he's not. Wow. All right, moving on to baseball. Better player accused of using steroids, Mark McGuire or Rafael Palmero? Oh, to me, it's McGuire. I mean, dude, McGuire, dude, go look at the numbers. They speak for itself. McGuire was such an unbelievable hitter. He won a World Series with the Athletics, um, was a big part of that with the Bash Brothers, with another steroids user in Jose Canseco. Go figure. I'll go McGuire on that one. I'm going to go with Rafael Palmero. I mean, Hall of Famer, no question. I mean, the, the guy statistically was better than Mark McGuire was. All around statistics, he was a better hitter. He really was. And he, he had a better career, a better all-around career. The fact that Rafael Palmero went in front of the Senate and lied to the Senate <sighs> the way he did was embarrassing. And that's why he'll never go to the Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire is definitely never going to the Hall of Fame, but... This is a guy that absolutely lied right in front of a, a bunch of senators, politicians. He lied on Capitol Hill. Yeah, it was terrible. It, it was terrible. And then he got caught not once but twice. So it's Rafael Pomero. And he, to me, maybe doesn't have the power numbers uh, like Mark McGuire. But all around numbers, he was a better player than Mark McGuire. All right, let's go to hockey now. Better goaltender who at one point played for the Dallas Stars, Roman Turek or Marty Turco? I'll go with Mari Turco. To me, Mari Turco was a guy that, listen, was 
unbelievable player. Um, the problem is the, the the league was so stacked at that point um, with Turco was in it. So I'll go Marty Turco. I'm going to go with Marty Tur- Turco. And by the way, uh, Jillian's trying to get him on one of our shows. She actually was talking to him on social media, and he's right now traveling with his kids who play uh, hockey. So hopefully awesome. hopefully we can get Marty Turco on the show. He, he was a great goalie. He played in a time with a lot of great goalies. I think the problem was is that at the time that he was a dominant player, there were a couple of the goalies that are better than him. So... Uh, Marty Turco, definitely. All right, NBA. Better player that played for the 76ers at one point. Julius Irving or Charles Barkley? I'll go Dr. J. Barkley was great, but Dr. J was special, man. I mean, also won. I believe he won a championship, didn't he, with Philadelphia too, Dr. J, didn't he? He beat the Lakers? Yep. Yes, he did. So I'll go Dr. J, that most famous shot in the NBA. You can make the case. I'm going with Charles. I, I think Charles is one of the most underrated players of all times. That's and, terrible, man. That's uh, terrible. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's not. I, I, I think when you look at the small forward position, and he also played the power forward position, this is a guy that was 11-time All-Star. He was an MVP in the 90-91 season. All-Star MVP. MVP 92-93. That was one of the best regular seasons we've ever seen a, a small forward ever have in history. And Michael Jordan said on the Dream Team, he was the best player the best all-around player in the Olympics. So I think it was Charles. I think Charles Barkley was very underrated. So I'm going to say Charles. All right. Better pass rusher, Clyde Simmons or Simeon Rice? Oh, Simeon Rice, man. Simeon Rice was a special player, dude. I mean, the guy was a beast on the line all the time, especially on those, with, with, with uh, Tampa and everything like that. Give me Simeon Rice on that one. Oh, it's Simeon Rice. With no those, brainer. With, with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, the championship, uh, Simeon Rice. You can't argue that. So I'm going to go with Simeon Rice. All right. Better outfielder, Moises Alou or Maglio Ordonez? I was a huge Moises Alou fan. And if not for the injuries, if not for his injuries, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was such a – Maglio Ordonez was good, but Moises Alou was such a good hitter. He really was. Even into his late 30s. It's unfortunate when he was late with the Cubs and with the Mets. He just – he was good, but he just kept getting hurt. To me, it's Moises Alou. Yeah, and unfortunately, he ruined that Cubs fan's life. So, yeah, I know he did. So I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take Moises Alou. I'm gonna take Maglio Odonias. Is that the reason why though? Yes. Oh <laughs> yes. my god. Moises Alou had such a weird swing too. It was. It was dude, weird. he was awesome. He, he was, was a great good. hitter, dude. He was a great hitter, man. He Go was look good. at the numbers, dude. The numbers. No, he was. Better he than ruined good. people's lives. That's all I'm going to say. Maglio Donias. Okay. (laughs) All right, back to hockey. Better center so far in their career, Patrice Bergeron or Steven Stamkos? Patrice Bergeron or Steven I mean, I got to go with Stamkos in this one. You know, you look at the numbers, they're pretty darn close. Bergeron right now is on arguably the best line in the league with uh, Pasternak and and Brad Marchand. But, dude, Steven Stamkos, when he came into the league, was a juggernaut right out of the gate. Um, was won a Stanley Cup, even though he wasn't really part of it, but he was there. Always, if not for the injuries, the numbers would be much greater. I'll go Steven Stamkos. I'm going to go with Patrice Bergeron. Yes, he plays on one of the best lines in the league, but he he's the best player on that line. And, and you could say Marshawn and, and, and the ability that they have offensively. Ever since he came and he was traded to the Boston Bruins, he's changed that franchise around offensively. I think it was Patrice Bergeron, even before you even said Steven Stamkos. And by the way, Bergeron actually plays hurt, unlike uh, good old Steven Stamkos. So 
I know, I, I understand the blood clot that he had, but all in all, I, I think Bergeron plays consistently a lot more. So I'm going to go with Patrice Bergeron. All right, last one. I mentioned there was one old one. Better pre-three-point era shooter. Rick Barry or Pistol Pete, Pete Maravich? Oh, come on, man. It's Pete Maravich. Dude, Pete Maravich. Rick Barry was a very special three-point shooter. He was. But, dude, Pete Maravich was the better... He was just a really good all-around player, Maravich. Forget the, the pre-three-point shooter. He did everything. He was a great passer, creator. In my opinion, he was Steph Curry before there was Steph Curry. That's how creative he was. I'll go with Pistol Pete on that one. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> Rick Barry. It's not even an argument. What he did as a player. Well, I made it an argument. So I, I, <laughs> the, great, the greatest free-throw shooter of all time. Uh, one of the best three-point shooters to ever play the game. Automatic. Every time he shot the ball, he was fantastic. Rick Barry, everywhere he went, he, he turned those teams and those organizations into winners. And he is so underrated. You want to talk? I just said Charles Barkley. Rick Barry is one of the most underrated players in the league, in in history of the league, and a definite top ten player. Definitely. When you look at his numbers, it's not even an argument. I feel bad that Rick Barry's not even talked about as one of the best and one of the greatest players to ever play at his position. So it's absolutely Rick Barry. I knew you were going to take Rick Barry because I remember you were arguing with someone about Kobe like you always do. And mm-hmm. I think you put him above Kobe. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whoever it was, we really probably got to Tyler, Probably uh, who, was, who was the big Kobe fan? Tyler. It was Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was probably Tyler. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, it had to have been. It was, but and I'm not saying. I, I know it was. <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people think I hate Kobe Bryant. I just look in the NBA. There's a lot of uh, great players that I never got a chance to see. Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell. I heard all these stories. Walt Clive Frazier. I've heard the stories. I never got a chance to see him play. So I can't argue when I'm trying to compare and contrast the players now to the players then. But. What I do know is you're talking about some of the greatest players to ever play in the game. And Rick Barry, when you look at his numbers, come on. It's so uncomparable to some of the players. And he played in a time that it was a, de- it was a defensive game. I'm trying to bring up Rick Barry's numbers because I, I want to I explain to you how special Rick Barry was. Career in 1,020 games, averaged 24.8 points a game. 6.7 rebounds a game, 4.9 assists a game. Oh, field good. goal percentage at 45%. All around field goal percentage, 45%. Uh, free, obviously a three-point shooter because at the time that he was playing, three-point sh- shots just came. He was a 29.7-point three-point shooter and an 89.3 free-throw shooter, which is one of the greatest free-throw shooters to ever play the game. And he remember, he really uh, blew up the underhand free-throw shot, you know, uh, what do they call the that? The granny shots. The granny shots. But he changed the game, and, and and nobody does it anymore. If Shaquille O'Neal actually shot the free throws like that, the granny shot, Shaquille O'Neal would have been a better free throw shooter. Worth a shot. <laughs> he would have yeah, been. Well, Dwight Howard tried it. Yeah, well, Dwight Howard is a, is a big, doofy goof, but that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, Speedy, what do we got? Crunch time. Here on the Weekend Crunch. As you guys know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Joshua Silverberg. And Speedy PD as the board man, the board ops, and the PD 
of Speedy. Yes, the Petey of Speedy. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Download our app again, the World Wide Sports Radio app. If you love to read sports articles, we have great articles. If you want to listen to our shows live and watch our shows live on our network throughout the week, Go and download our app. You can listen to us. You can watch us live. Uh, you can follow us on all our social medias over there. You can watch the clips of our show. Speedy cuts them out and uh, posts them up on our social media. So, And you can actually listen to the replays of our shows on our app in the podcast area if you missed the live show. So you have the opportunity to really stay in tuned on what we're talking about in sports throughout the week on all the different shows throughout the country. So definitely check it out. We have great guests throughout the week, and, and great personalities on our network. Uh, as you guys know, we do this every single week. Speedy, crunch time. It's time for crunch time. We start this week in crunch time with Josh's favorite player. By, by herself, the Dodgers will are locks for the, at least the NLCS now that they sign Trevor Bauer. I mean, look. I don't have to ever say anything is a is a lock because we saw the Philadelphia Phillies once have a rotation of Roy Howdy, Roy Oswald, Cole Hamels, and uh, Cliff Lee, and they didn't even get to they didn't get past the first round. So, do I think they have a shot? Of course, but I'll sell it because I don't like to put anything set in stone on a baseball season. It's a long season. You can't set anything on what this team is going to do because the injuries could happen. Yeah, but. As the rotation looks the way it does, I think the Dodgers have a very good chance of winning another World Series this year. Bauer solidifies that pitching staff. No question that it does. You have great pitchers, great young prospects that are going to be coming up. Uh, One of the best farm systems in all of baseball. I I think the Dodgers are the most complete team in the majors with their bullpen, their rotation, and their lineup. So can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? Only time will tell. All right, buy or sell with the success that we've seen from Semyon Varlamov and also with Ilya Sorokin struggling so far, he will not see him, Sorokin, for the next two weeks for the Islanders, and he, may, he might even go back to the taxi squad. I'm going to sell that. Look, they got to get him reps. They got to get him work. He's going to figure it out. He's going to be fine. Everything will be fine. Um, so I'm going to sell that one. You, you also, you can't play a goalie for two straight weeks. I mean, who are they going to put? You're gonna you're gonna put Corey Schneider on the in there instead of of Ilya Sorokin. That would be that would be ridiculous. I think Sorokin will figure it out. I think he's still a fantastic goaltender. He's coming from the KHL, and the last couple of weeks and and the times that we've seen him in the net, they haven't been protecting him. I want to see that Sorokin get the right games, the right teams to play against, and and maybe we'll see a different Sorokin in net. So. I do not believe they're going to send him down. I think they're going to give him all the ability and all the chances to succeed with the Islanders. So, I'm going to sell that. Buy or sell. Bradley Beal will be traded within the next two weeks. I'll buy it. It's tough to say what they can. I mean, they'll get a lot for him. I'll buy it. I think Washington, clearly, I mean, the Knicks destroyed them last night. Um, They're just a disaster right now. Um, I think Scotty Brooks is still there, although I can't imagine he's going to be there for the long haul anymore. Long, they're going to be in full rebuild. 
And I think that's the way to go, so I'll buy it. Oh, I'm definitely buying it. Bradley Beal will be traded. Uh, trade deadline is not too far apart right now. It's just around a corner. I do believe that you're going to see Bradley Beal playing for another team and maybe the New York Knicks because I uh, stories coming out of New York that they're going to go heavily after him. So it's going to be trade, fun. Just don't trade quickly. I hope they don't. That's they, the only I'm thing that I'm telling you me. they're going to ask for him. I know. They will. And it, I know. It's scary. All right. Buy or sell. The recently cut J.J. Watt will join his brother with the Steelers. I'm going to sell it. I actually think he's going to end up in Green Bay, although I do think Pittsburgh has a legit shot. I think Green Bay needs another pass rusher. That's really what it comes down to. He's from the area. Darius Smith needs help. Um, and Kenny Clark needs help on that line. They need more of a pass rush for sure. And he'll, he'll solidify that, and he'll help that. It's a perfect fit. Pittsburgh would be a good fit, too. They're just in cap hell right now, where I don't know how they're going to be able to get him there. I'm going to sell that one. I'm going to buy it, absolutely. How are they going to get him there? He's made all his money. He doesn't need to make a ton of money. They're going to lose their start, their, their great pass rusher. They're going to need to add a pass rusher there that's going to solidify their line. And playing with TJ and playing with his two brothers and maybe go out there and win a Super Bowl with all both his brothers in, on one team, that would be a great, great opportunity for the family to celebrate. I could see that. I think that's where JJ wants to be. I want to, he wants to go and, and play with his two brothers before he retires. And, and why not see these three brothers actually win a championship together? I'm going to buy that. He actually signs with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll right. open up more Subway uh, shops in their backyard. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Byron sell another baseball trade that happened this week sent Chris Davis to the Rangers for Elvis Andrews so buy or sell Chris Davis will return to his 40 home run form in his first season with the Rangers in a big band box no 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 that ship has sailed it's done there was an egregious contract to begin with it shouldn't have happened they were pressured to do it no that's a sell for me the thing with Davis is he's a great athlete in Oakland I, I, I've never been a big fan of his I think he's mostly a guy that he's hot and cold that's what scares me. Elvis Andrews isn't much better anymore. But to me, Chris Davis... Chris Davis is young. No, no, I know he's young, but I just don't think he's going to fit well. There. I do. I think he's, I think he's past it. I'm going to buy it. You're you're in a band box, Texas. Uh, you're going to hit a lot of home runs over there. I could see Chris Davis hitting 35, 40 If he hits 40-plus, I'd be shy. I could see him at 25, 30. Listen, in Oakland, it was very tough to do it because of that ballpark. 35, but... 40 home runs. And I, I, I think he might even surpass 40 home runs this year in that ballpark. That is a home run ballpark. So I'm going to buy that. Josh, I don't know how you could say uh, Chris Davis is inconsistent. I mean, he had, he had exactly 247 three straight seasons. Well, you, know what it was? <laughs> first, was, you know what it was? I, I had a brain fart. I was thinking of the other Chris Davis at first. Oh, the yeah. The Orioles won. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking of at first. So that's why I was like thinking in my head. I was like, oh, wait a minute. We're talking about the other Chris Davis. Why? So uh, kind of went under the rug there with that. I mean, you kind of have to admit that's one of the best statistical yeah. anomalies there is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So buy or sell the Phoenix Suns. Surprisingly, number four seed in the Western Conference. So buy or sell, they will finish top five. I buy it. I believe in Chris Paul. That's why. The leadership, the veteran leader he is with Devin Booker and those boys, they're getting it together. They have a good young bunch of players there too. They have to sell this to Devin Booker before he wants out. So I'm going to buy it. He's going nowhere. Not the way Chris Paul is playing right now and where this team is playing. Yes, they're going to be a top five team. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the in the Western Conference. And because they're such a young team, besides Chris Paul, this is a team that has a tremendous bench. 
they can keep they can stay in the game they have the size and the ability and athletic ability to stay in the game against any one of these teams the lakers the clippers they can even knock one of those teams off so i'm gonna buy that all right one more we've heard a lot of rumors swirling around with john tortorella leaving columbus so buy or sell he will get a coaching job. If he's fired from Columbus, he will get a coaching job relatively quickly within the next two weeks of him getting fired. No, I'm going to sell that. I think he'll take the rest of the year off and start fresh next year. I think this time he's going to really want to pick the right spot to go to. And he's earned it. He's one of the better coaches. He gets a bad record because how he is with the media. But he, he's a good coach, man. He's a great coach. I was a big Torrell fan in New York. To me, he's somebody that's so under the radar in regards to best coaches in the league. I'm gonna, uh, so I'm going to sell that. Well, I think he'll take the rest of the year off and then come back next year. He's done with Columbus. There's no question that he is. He, I think he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, he's done with Columbus. I think he's going to have an opportunity to go and coach whoever he wants. This is mm -hmm. this is a guy that's been very successful everywhere he's gone, and and he's won. He's won a, he's won the big title. He's won the, the Stanley Cup with with the Lightning. So uh, this guy's a born winner, and I think he deserves an opportunity. Uh, to look elsewhere uh, with other organizations. And there are quite a few teams. And don't be surprised if the Rangers go look I at I was again. just going to ask you that question yes. because, you know, they Davidson, do. It, Davidson yes. is the president, yes. and he did hire him in Columbus. Would you? Be, I would not be surprised if they I, brought him back. And you know what? With yeah. those young players, mm -hmm. it would be a perfect fit for him. I, I really do. I think he'd be perfect <laughs> for New York. I think he's got a big voice, and he loves speaking up to the press. I think he'd be perfect, and I do believe – that John Davidson would look at a guy like him to come in and take over this team, and, and these players are going to play right in front of him. Defensive-minded coach, uh, and this is a team that needs a defensive-minded coach because their defense is, is getting better, but it's still horrendous. So uh, John Chodorelli could change everything for the Rangers. So I could see it. I could absolutely see it. Why not? We've seen Billy Martin get fired and, and, and yeah, obviously been brought back. back. We've seen coaches get fired and be brought back. It's not, it's it, not it something. Would be a, I, would, I would love it. It, it could I would happen. Love it. I, I think he would get these young kids to really play at the level that they should be playing at, too. I think he's one of the best defensive minds in, in the NHL. And you saw what he did with the Rangers when he got there. And, and, and it's unfortunate he got fired for Elaine Vignol. And, and Vignol went all the way to the big championship, the Stanley Cup, and got whipped by the L.A. Kings. So, uh, we, and we I don't know see, if I would say whip. They, they got a, whipped. They, they had a lead in every game except they for They got whipped. How okay. many games did they win in that series? All right, Islander Homer. One. Let's finish up. They won one game. That's good. All right, Islander Homer. And it was really up. because of the goaltending. That's it. Yeah. Henrik Lundqvist. They couldn't All do right. anything. All Offensively, right. especially in that game. They, they were... I'd Better I've defensive done. team than they've. That was the mm. best defensive the the best defensive team the Rangers have had in years. Okay, mm -hmm. that was a very good defensive team. They're not that anymore. And you can thank Alain Vigneault that ruined that organization. I agree. I was not an Alain Vigneault fan. Yeah, he ruined that organization, and he's going to ruin the organization he's in right now. So you'll <laughs> see. Philadelphia, as good as they are, and how young they are, and how talented they are, th that team will be ruined by him too. So uh, we've seen this over and over again. The guy doesn't win. He doesn't win the big game. Anyways, that's it for our show. Uh, we had a great show. We love doing this. We really, really do, especially after the Islander games. I'm an Islander fan. These guys are not. They're Ranger fans. But being a part of a network with the, with the Islanders and, and being the voice of the New York Islanders on 103.9 is something that uh, it's a dream come true. I, I really do love being here for all the fans that listen to this show every single week. Uh, we love to entertain you guys. I hope you guys are entertained by what we do and what we produce uh, for the fans. The different stuff that we talk about, everything that we put out there, 
we want the fans to uh, just listen and laugh and and really get what we're trying to talk about when it comes to fandom and and really uh, analytically uh, try to give you what we try to produce when it comes to sports. So I hope everybody enjoyed it, and and we'll be back next week. I'm definitely going to work on getting a very special guest on the network. We are talking to Hunter Henry, by the way. I didn't tell you that. Get out of here. No, you're not. Yes, we are. I'm going to sell him. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going uh, to sell him. We are. We're talking to I'm going to say to him, have you ever seen Zach Wilson throw a ball 60 yards? Go watch him on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> they actually showed a highlight of him as a freshman, Wilson. He actually, if you ever saw it, he hurtled over a defender and stiff-armed another guy out of bounds. Mm-hmm. That's well, how strong he is, man. He's, he's six a, foot he's three. A, he's six foot three. He's got a good personality. He's got more of a Baker Mayfield kind of personality. He's very way more talented than Baker. Oh, I'm, and I, you know I, I didn't say talent. I said his okay. personality. See, but everybody says that, but it's so funny. All of his teammates say what an unbelievable teammate he is, and he's I didn't never say, gotten I, in any trouble. No, right? no, because Baker got in trouble in college. I'm talking about when I say personality. I'm not talking about sh- streaking. You know, while he's going to a party, because no, he wears because he wears the headband. No, no, no. His personality. <laughs> he's very loud, and he's the type of person that you could put in commercials. He could be a face of a franchise just because he of needs, his personality. Yeah. Well, so, the Jets need that. Well, I think Sam, being that he's in New York, he takes all the blame. You have to give Sam a lot of credit. He takes all the humility and he, I know he puts he it all on his shoulders, even though he has not really gotten any help from that organization. He's also not, to me, and I've said this, he's not a leader in the huddle. He's not a leader in the huddle because he, maybe his leadership is different from yours. I think he is a leader. And I, I everything I, that I, I watch heard, you, if you're a quarterback, command the huddle, man. Well, commanding. maybe he is commanding the huddle the way he wants to command it. I don't see it. Anyways. Well, if he's commanding, he's commanding it the wrong way. Then. Well, maybe to you. <laughs> How many years have you played football? I don't have to play football tick to watch it, not watch tock. it. Zilch, baby. I don't I, have to watch it to know how to play the I game. I played the I'd game. I, I, I'll tell you this. I played the game, and just because a guy's quiet in the huddle doesn't mean that he doesn't know how to control it. I think that it's not the reason why the Jets haven't been winning. It, well, let's go. Talent. Move on from him. It's, it's talent. over. Darnold's done. Right now, bang, he seems bang, to be. Bang, bang, boom. But that might not happen. We'll see oh, what happens. It better, it better happen. Uh, it better happen. Why? Because you said so? Yeah, that's uh, for sure. Oh, my God. That's the bottom line because little Jay says so. so. Little Jay says so. <laughs> Anyways. Tell them Steve Wazers, Obro Sabruskis, Obro Care Whoop Ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, that's it I'm for done. our show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody had a good time. We will be back next week, me and little Jay and the great Patty Waddy or Spidey Whitey or I don't the know. The mother lover. The mother lover. <laughs> Speedy Petey. We'll be back next week. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We will talk to you then. By the way, the Weekend Crunch is brought to you by K Acupuncture. Go see Dr. Irene Shamlock, a world-renowned acupuncture located in South Setauket to Copenhagen, Queens. She makes it easier to accommodate you. So schedule your consultation. Please call 646-644-9780 or visit the website at www.acuprof.com. KA Acupuncture, the natural way to better your health. That's it. We will be back next week. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Mr. Little J himself, Joshua Silverberg, and Speedy PD saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody.